0: show i did a weird thing that you did a weird thing weird in a way that was not my weird that we're
1: supposed to exercise and eat healthy food and drink water leave me alone i'm not going to bed at the same time every
0: night is this show killing people bad 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 something good has to be coming. i'm so proud of us well if you have enough peanuts it should just bring harmony right? I have so many questions right off the bat.
1: For those of you who are like, my God, Michelle, you're too much. Chill out. It's McDonald's fault.
0: When will my friend die? When will my friend die? Mm, This was a challenge. Both of my eyes are twitching.
2: Welcome to, to agreement. agreement!
0: We said it together for the first time the first time! What is this, episode 41? We did it! 41! So hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Michelle. And this is our podcast in which we bring you three things every week. A weird thing. A pop culture thing. And a research thing.
1: Well, we almost sounded like we knew how to do that this time.
0: I know. We'd be really good if we didn't stop to comment on how good we were doing every second. But it's
1: so amazing
0: because we never have. So we take those three things, which we have so expertly explained to you now, and we make them make sense into some sort of mantra or message or whatever aphorism, and we call it our little fortune cookie for you.
1: And we hope that you'll reflect on that and let it guide your life choices. This week, episode 41.
0: I go first. Take it away. I'm I'm feeling extra slow, and some of this is not my best work, but I am very excited to talk about all of it. My weird thing is, this is not my weird thing. I'm going to build to it.
2: I'm going
0: to lay the groundwork. I was a huge fan in my youth of fairytale theater on pbs did you watch fairytale theater no remember i didn't get pbs so fairytale theater is was a show on pbs in like late 80s early 90s and it basically had it was live action recreations of fairy tales and they had like a lot of famous actors a lot of people on before they really made it big they had like jeff goldblum played the wolf and the three little pigs And my whole family really loves it, and it continues on. My brother shows it to his kids, so it means a lot to me. I love fairy tale theater, and then I also love TikTok, which is very much in the news these days. We may not have it for much longer. Yeah, I read today that like there's a hundred and fifty five million U.S. users of TikTok. Which seems aren't, impossible because like, like like half 300... of the
1: United States? Like yeah, I mean there's something aren't like some there's... of them babies? Like
0: yeah, just... it's like it's like something north of three hundred million is the population of the US. So I don't half, know.
1: half of the US and like I mean again, some of that three hundred million are in
0: babies. <laughs> like... There's silly little babies who aren't on TikTok. So take that for what you will. Um but I do love it. I really love it. Maybe that's I guess, embarrassing.
1: Like a lot of people probably have multiple accounts. Oh, so like because if you yeah. have like your personal account and then a business account and so like and some yeah. of them are probably bot I don't know, but like it's harder to be a bot on TikTok, right?
0: Or at what least what content are you making? Yeah. At least for the time Although, being. Although they say users, not creators, right? Oh, I'm I'm yeah. a user and I've never posted a video. Yeah, I've in never my posted life. a video either. Yeah, I really, really love TikTok. Um I can't explain favorite accounts they're very stupid well one of them i can explain because one of my favorite accounts is a couple who both they're a married couple and they both sound like linda from bob's burgers and they have a pet squirrel and that one's what's very not to love because they feed it human food and i really miss watching squirrels eat food scraps because i'm not in colorado I wonder, with oh, my like, squirrels i wonder what's happening to
1: your squirrel like I, they probably like think there's probably a whole mythology being written right now about right. what they've done to anger.
0: <gasps> yeah, the-, the god of the scraps <laughs> is <laughs> gone. They have forsaken us.
1: There's Aww. new, it's spring. The new babies are going to come and they're going to be like, once, once the land was plentiful, but now in your age, it's barren. barren.
0: We will wander this yard until the return.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For when, those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, Catherine used to feed her backyard squirrels, but she moved
0: from that house. So, yeah, um, in a very beautifully raised wooden flower bed. So, good luck to whoever has the house now and wants to plant in those because the squirrels are trained to eat out of it. The squirrels in North Carolina are too small and they are too gray, and I don't like them Aww. at all. Aww. Also, fun, fun, it, not fun because that's sad, but also a difference I don't like about moving from Colorado to North Carolina is birds. I didn't realize that there are very few birds in Colorado. And every time in the bushes and I'm walking outside and I hear the bushes and it's not a squirrel, the way birds move through brush scares me now. Cause I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm not used to that. And I'm going around being scared of birds, which is just stupid. But when I moved from Australia back to the U S that happened with squirrels out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, what is that? So soon you'll be the feeding them size?
1: until you move again and leave another barren mythology to be fulfilled. So it will just, be yeah. this you're the and destroyer. Will... You are the bringer and destroyer of worlds.
0: Yep. I mean, <laughs> what else do I have going on for me? I might as well be a god to small animals. <laughs> sure. Anyway. <laughs> None of that is the weird thing, by the way. Nope, none of this. Not fairy tale theater, really. Not TikTok, really. So, why am I talking about fairy tale theater and TikTok? Well, this starts in 2010. Shelley Duvall, who is the Shelley host Duvall. of fairy tale theater, she's the host of fairy tale theater.
1: Wait, I, this is you just unlocked like some central memory. Did she, was she in a giant bed?
0: Not always, but sometimes, yes. Like a like a
1: absurdly large bed like a
0: probably but it was probably for like the princess and the pea or some episode she changes where she is every episode okay maybe i watched it at your house probably that makes sense so not only am i feeling slow listeners but also i would say 75 percent of everything i've brought to this podcast is highly visual (laughs) so have fun with that there will at least for this part be sound there will be a portion i show only to michelle Um that you will not get to see. And I'll talk over it, but if you want to see it, you will send us a grab bag. (laughs) That's the
1: only way you get to understand what's going on.
0: So I'm going to show you this this um Shelly Duval uploaded this to her official YouTube account in 2010. We're still not to my weird thing. (laughs) We're building.
2: Hello, I'm Shelly Duval. Hello, I'm Shelly Duval. Hello, I'm Shelly Duval. Hello. I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello. I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello. I'm Shelley Duvall. It goes on for
0: another 30 seconds. I won't make you watch the whole thing, but you get the idea. So this is every time an episode of Fairytale Theater starts, Shelley Duvall is dressed thematically and says, hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. And I'll put the link to that video in the show notes. But now we're we're starting to get where I'm going. Someone on TikTok whose username on TikTok is Love L-A-U-V. So as you know, on TikTok, you have a sound and then people put video on the sound again and again and again. So I found on TikTok, I was scrolling through TikTok and I knew about this Shelley Duvall video. And then I fell into a rabbit hole around this song that this person made, loud, loud made. We talked about this, okay hello i'm shelly duvall hello i'm shelly Duval. they put like metal drums over the hello i'm shelly duvall and the tiktok video michelle just watched basically i noticed i'm going to play you another one because the fun of tiktok is just watching the same thing again and again yes, hearing yes, it with different wh- visuals i yep. love it
2: hello i'm shelly duvall
0: Listen to this again and again what i wore to school hello
2: i'm shelly Duval. hello i'm shelly Duval. hello i'm shelly Duval. hello i'm shelly Duval. Hello, hello okay
0: I'm now Duvall. now i'm going to be showing them i'm talking over this song so basically what we're seeing is people hello, changing outfits, different outfits hello, every time I'm there's Shelley a Duvall. new hello, hello i'm Duvall. shelly Duval. it's Duvall. a way of showing off your like out here
1: the day whatever you're wearing and Most at least them, all the ones that we've seen are very uh,
0: like edgy fashion. A lot of them are like what I wore to school. Hello. But I have I'm noticed that Hello, there's a lot of goth or gothy Hello, lolita looks. They're very Duvall. popular with the Shelley Hello, Duvall people. I'm Shelley Duvall. But Hello, also, I'm they really, really, really love like big fur hats Hello, and big fur boots. But this one, Hello, he Shelley just Duvall. looks like an animator. <laughs> Hello. I'm Shelley Duvall. So that person, yeah, that was a dude who just looks like an anime character. My my point is that I, the fashions are all like pretty different. They have some stuff in common, like a lot of big fur hats and boots. I don't know what the kids are wearing. Yeah. I'm very old right now, and I think it's really cool to see all these different fashions. That's all for now for this for my weird thing. So yeah, so my weird thing is that I loved fairy th- fairy tale theater as a kid in 2010. You know, 13 years ago. When YouTube, it wasn't new, but it wasn't what it is now. I remember really loving that Shelly Duvall clip and thinking it was very funny. And now in 2023, there's the Shelly Duvall metal drums, bit of the day. Yeah, videos. and like,
1: I mean, those kids, a lot of them look, what, maybe... 1819 so you know 12 years ago like they like it's just interesting to think about the progression like they were not born when fairy tale theater was coming out and then they were like little kids with the original youtube video posted and now it's it's just fun to think about that
0: progression i i find tiktok really fascinating because there will be a quick micro trend where everyone is doing this one very specific thing, like showing off their outfits to Shelley Duvall intro clips, pops up for like four days and then it's done and it's dead and, no, and it just goes away. And so this will probably go away, but I think Shelley Duvall might be, at least in fairytale theater, what can transcend any social media we have going forward in the future. And I like to think that in another decade, and another decade if the human race is still here that whatever you're we only have... given us two decades <laughs> Michelle <laughs> you were in the conversation with me we had before
1: this. I was like yeah I thought you were maybe gonna go like another millennia no another decade
0: <laughs> 20 years it's getting, it's um, getting dark folks <laughs> I can't I can't pass that. um it'll give us one more decade and another decade um well, not that we won't have humanity, but maybe we won't have the internet, and social media as we know it, as we can even conceive of it. So I just would like but, to think. But Shelley Duvall will be there, whether we can conceive of it will. or not. If if we lose all electricity, if everything, it'll just be like goes dark. All chiseled into
1: the rocks, lights are
0: gone. <laughs> yes, exactly. I. That's my weird thing is that the transcendence of, of Shelley Duvall. But also I just really I really love TikTok. I love how it also like tells on you that if someone's like, I hate TikTok, it's only naked girls, it's only young women in bikinis. It's like, like that's hmm, your algorithm. That's your algorithm. My algorithm yes. gives me Shelly Debaul outfits. I watch Shelly Deball outfits very soothing, very fun. Um so- that's it. <laughs> I find TikTok really soothing. I do it before I go to bed, which is not healthy, but it helps me fall asleep.
1: <laughs> it helps me um, fall asleep when I believe there's only a decade and a half left. <laughs>
0: I just, I just, you know, lay down and I watch two people from Yonkers feed their squirrels and on his birthday, he gets to play in a bath full of sprinkles. I mean, Uh, this is normal. This is fine. It's not weird. Actually, this isn't my weird thing. I'm going to, this is my normal, healthy 20 years to live on earth. (laughs) Okay. That's my weird thing. Shelly Duvall. All right. Shelly Duvall. I love it. I'm gonna
1: share my weird thing with zero context, and so I'm just gonna make you watch something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can see why you were being so kind to me. <laughs> You're like I'm along for the ride. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because you me. are too. Are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> Anything that starts this with that music. Combat I'm in. juggling
2: an aggressive form of object manipulation combined with debilitating attacks each player must maintain control over three clubs at all times in sumo combat the objective is to destroy your opponent by slashing their clubs to the ground or shoving them out of the sumo circle in breach 30 clubs are in motion at the start of each round but only one player needs to maintain control until they reach the breach zone here is Sayers trying to lock up the arm of ben thompson on the right has two of his own clubs trying to steal now two-point advantage for Team Parallels. You know, the temptation to just smash the other guy in the face must be overwhelming. Quick attempt by John Horton. Horton dove in. Lauga Benjaminson was waiting for him. Four consecutive points now for Team Intel in yellow. Lauga Benjaminson, who had six in a row. Last time Team Parallels scored was with Lauga in the middle. Lauga grabbing for Schmeisner's club, not able to get it. Schmeisner diving in with the right hand and loses one of his own as Lauga goes down to a knee and stays in for Parallels. What a play by Joe Showers. <laughs> Expressive move up the court by Joe Showers. the Benjaminson just, waiting on defense. I'm he has so been defensive force today for team parallels. And here comes Schmeisner with plenty of room cleared. Benjaminson with a last second attempt. Still a handful Whoa. of active defenders for Whoa. team intel, making life difficult for Dominic Horant. A strong move off the right side, Horant in trouble. Whoa. Battle now between Schmeisner and at okay. Noah just destroying people. And I think he just took out three people all by himself.
0: never be the same again i'm I, you have changed what's the song in wicked if you have changed for well, the better but i have been changed for good um wow i have so many questions so- i don't know where to start it does remind me do you remember a while ago you were talking about the person who was who talked about um pe classes and just made some yeah. stuff up this seems, this just looks like the worst impulses of a horrific PE coach. So, oh, wow. juggling. How did you learn about this? I'm,
1: I'm gonna get to that. I hope. Oh. I hope the person who taught me about it is listening right now. So, hello, if you are.
0: Um, so, whoever come- you are, oh my gosh, yeah. well, I I love you. You've changed Catherine's you. life. I am forever changed. Thank you. <laughs> If I am a god to squirrel, I will go preach this to my squirrels <laughs> and my birds. I will show it to them.
1: So according to the World Juggling Federation, which has multiple events, this is only a subsect of the World Juggling Federation. It is combat juggling. Combat <laughs> juggling consists of two teams, 10 combatants. So that's five per team, 30 weapons, because it's <laughs> combat. They each have to have three. It is the quote, the world's most vicious and strategic club manipulators attack and take each other down while maintaining control over gravity in a five on five
0: team deathmatch tournament. So they do just beat each other, they beat gravity. They beat oh gravity my God, too. but it's a Wicked thing again because they have to gravity. This, there has to be a mashup between this and Wicked somehow. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> my brain is just TikTok fried. I it. can't. TikTok could do it. I'm, that will be my first TikTok video.
1: So there are a variety of different attack techniques and lots of strategies you can use. I like this line. One of the prohibitive factors of other juggling comp- competitions is that it can take years of practice before one is ready to participate in a competitive venue. Team combat juggling was developed in part because someone with no juggling ability can be ready to compete on a team within two months of practice. That's I don't know if that's very just
0: because specific. You're, you're just
1: hurling things at each other. <laughs> All that's required is the ability to juggle three clubs and to possess good control over high throws, which personally, um, I've tried to juggle and I don't feel like that's an all that's required, but
0: juggling is so hard. So, so um, yeah, it's,
1: this is, this is a sport and I really liked how serious the announcers were. I really liked how, like, I mean, I just, yeah, clearly, I,
0: I was screaming and screaming. I want to watch that. I I mean that's what I'm going to watch before bed now. No more TikTok. It's all combat. Combat juggling, juggling all the way. All um the way.
1: yeah, and I mean like it does look like it would require a lot of skill. I didn't quite understand what you could hit well cuz I loved the line of the was is it the desire? No, what did he say? The, the temptation? The temptation to hit to hit somebody in the face it must be overwhelming. Like it just so but I, I mean, assume that—that
0: that, that was my question. These are big, heavy, like bowling ball pins
1: I don't. I wonder how heavy they are because they can't be that heavy. Or people would just they're be still
0: like a blunt. Force they would just weapon. be like falling
1: to the ground with concussions every. <laughs> like, and they're not even wearing helmets. Like they're, they have no, no protective no. gear on. They're just out there in like t-shirts and shorts.
0: You wear helmets in this? I guess. A helmet would make it – you have to be able to look up and see all around and yeah. have good peripheral vision, and a helmet would probably hurt that. I have nothing to add or say to this except wow, 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 That's wow. That's why I
1: couldn't, like, give a preamble. Yeah, I just had to just show couldn't. the video. So the the way that I found out about this, though, is I went hiking with a friend, and she has this goal to get world ranked in a variety of things that have world rankings. Not to, like, place, right? Just to have a world ranking. And so um, this is <laughs> – so people send her – Weird things, because you know you can get world ranked in something that has a smaller pool of people yeah. to play.
0: So, um,
1: yeah, maybe
0: I did learn today. I don't know if this is helpful or if they're a runner at all, but if you can do a half marathon in a fairly good time, though that is very wide open for Guinness World Records, really. Apparently, people will do very specific things during half marathons if they can finish them in like under two hours. And it will be like um, the fastest person to run a half marathon dressed as a witch, the oh. fastest person to run a half marathon while holding a turtle, things like that. And that's like a category that people like to go and just do. And Guinness, Guinness will come and officiate. Uh, there you go. So then wow. you wouldn't even
1: have to be just world ranked. You could be. You could hold the Guinness, a Guinness world
0: record. record. Yeah. Dream big. Wow. And and like, now I want to, I'm like, let's wrap this up because I want to go watch some combat yeah, yeah. juggling. I don't, I don't want
1: to podcast anymore.
0: I have combat juggling to watch. You're gonna watch I don't know Captain when the G- season
1: is. I'm like, maybe you can get in, maybe you <gasps> can like be rooting on the teams and
2: maybe yeah. you have time to get,
1: to get like invested. You know, I was kind of trying to figure out like why I thought it was so absurd because I'm like, you know, most sports are, <laughs> if you really like That's
2: step such back a good
0: point think
2: about if what you you're just, doing.
0: <laughs> if you came at it, not knowing
1: i just think like if i had no context for it had never seen it before and somebody just started showing me basketball and there's just a bunch of men just running one way running another way all like like,
0: i mean they look like kittens tumbling after some yarn or something right yes and there's baskets it's very kitten-esque basketball is for kittens exactly (laughs) well okay on to pop culture pop culture thing My pop culture thing is already way oversaturated. When I chose this, it was fairly niche. It's a cool thing. I still want to talk about it. Just in case. Just in case anyone hasn't heard about it. Because I think it's nice. It's also just nice. Oh, we need some nice things. It ends, I did get an update today because everyone's talking and writing about it and it's a little less nice, but hmm. oh well. It's not um, always how it goes. So I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure by now you have heard of Laco. No. Oh, I've, been in, I've been in a Beautiful.
1: like COVID sick haze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you've been which having your breaks like, so, Yeah, COVID yeah. sick
0: haze. Okay. Well, for anyone else who has been in a COVID sick haze or any other haze or any other things, even when I was looking into this, this happened in February and now it's late March, but I still love it. It was a very big part of pop culture, especially if you lived in New York City, because um oh, of the Owl had a cult- is this the yes, owl that escaped from yeah, the zoo? Yes. Okay, okay. Even, even in your COVID haze. Even in my COVID haze. But I do think there's a lot of, like, connections, and we can talk about it in a different way later on. Clock the Owl was a owl who lived in the Central Park Zoo. He was a Eurasian owl, and he had lived in captivity his whole life, 13 years. And his cage was vandalized in February and he flew away. And this worried a lot of people because he had never been out in the wild. He'd always been in captivity. And not only that, but his the zookeeper said some mean things. They're like, We would be worried about any owl, but Flacco is an especially clumsy. Slow owl. Oh, mm-hmm. poor Dude. Flacco. I know. Flacco got a lot of flack. So people started to look for him. There'd be like Flacco sightings. The zoo was searching for him because they're like, he can't fly. He can't hunt. We gotta find him. He's gonna starve to death. But then it was discovered that he was flying and he was getting better and better at flying. And then Yeah, maybe people- he's clumsy because he's never been given the right? chance to spread his wings. Given the tiniest little chance and look at him go. And then he started hunting and they found Flocko's owl pellets and it had rat bones in it. So he's eating rats. He's catching rats. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, people are describing this like he's such a celebrity that people would have their phones at like a dinner party in New York and they'd be like, he vomited up bones. the rat bones. There were rat bones in his pellet. And, like a cheer would go out. Yay! You could hear from other apartments. Um, so the zoo then once that was discovered that he was not only flying but hunting and eating they gave him a 24-hour watch to decide if they would attempt to rehabilitate swear, him at all
1: i swear i thought you were gonna say they gave him a 24-hour <laughs> warning like Flacco, we're gonna close this we're closing this door for real if you don't come back
0: <laughs> you get back here Flaco no more <laughs> sorry yeah they just put they just watched him really close and then they said we've reconsidered and we're not gonna try to catch him. We'll keep an eye out. But oh,
1: how does this um, been not so nice? Now I'm worried.
0: Oh Flacco's still alive. Okay. He's still okay. fine. Flacco is alive, everyone. Flacco lives, but um
1: if we if so, we only have a decade and a half left, we can't be we can't be spinning it with suspense over whether or not the owl lives.
0: Yeah. So um I did um basically. I found some fun quotes while I was reading about Flacco. In the New York Times, Dr. Kevin J. McGowan said that the zoo's decision to pause and recalibrate made a lot of sense that 24-hour period because he would be easier to capture if he was going to be comfortable in his new setting, but no, they have not captured him. He's still eating mice. And then Dr. McGowan said that in his experience, everyone's being mean to owls, by the way, said that in his experience, owls are not particularly smart. Nonetheless, he added, they own their niche. So they don't and then he goes on, they don't need to be smart to be successful, he said, noting that owls' predatory nature, talent, superb hearing, and silent flying gave them the tools and the talent to make it in the world. How do we judge? I just want to know how are yeah. we judging smart? Well, and it's also an really funny,
1: because I mean, like, we have the stereotype of the smart owl, right? Like the like the whole that stands in the, for wisdom. Yeah. 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 The owl is but. I mean, yeah. like, what? What does it mean to be smart if not to successfully use your environment and skills to thrive?
0: Yeah, yeah, Doctor McGowan. So well, anyway, he never, hasn't done any calculus pro- problems. Yeah, I gave him a calculator. He didn't, didn't find, didn't find that in his owl pellets. Didn't find. <laughs> <laughs> didn't find a calculator. Didn't find calculator. I keep trying to think of things that are in I'm this just gonna let you keep going doing this road. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, didn't find a microchip. And that's, that's, I don't know where I was going with any of this. Uh, he doesn't wear little glasses. I don't know. So he hasn't cured I, a single disease well, since he got out of that cage. There is, I'll link it in the show notes um on Twitter. There's the um Central Park Birdwatch, And that is really, really fun account in general that just you can see various birds, but they have a lot of good flocko posts. And
1: I have been following uh, a lot of eagle cams lately because there were all the little baby eagles. Oh. Aww.
0: Aww. One happy update I had before my not so happy update is that the Central Park Bird Watch wished him happy birthday because on March 15th, Flacco turned 13 in the wild. He celebrated his first birthday in the wild. Happy birthday, Flacco of Pisces. Um much like myself, so yay, Flacco. And now the less than good news is the Central Park Birdwatch also likes to show pictures of the native to New York and, you know, North America, great horned owl, because there are a lot of them in Central Park and they are very territorial. And they have been there a while. Um, Flacco is a Eurasian owl, he is not native, to North America. It's just him. And they're like, again, Great Horned Owls are territorial. They are mean. They now the watch is that they are going to kill Flacco. They're like, he his days are numbered. The Great Horned Owls are coming for him. We don't see any other way out for Flacco than death by Great Horned Owl. Man, point.
1: I am rooting for like a, a buddy comedy where right? Flacco and a-
0: <laughs> Yeah. I either want him to, like, be taken in by them, or he teams up with another unlikely thought-to-be-stupid animal. Like, he teams up with a bunch of squirrels, and they fight them all, right? Just by air and by land. It'll be great. So, that's it. It's just Flacco. I think everyone's heard of Flacco by now, but if you haven't, it's a really nice story. He's still alive for now. If you oh, wanted to end Oh, happy, what if, never, like, between never, now no. and when this airs?
1: Oh. Oh,
0: no, if that happens, I will go in and edit and be like, R.I.P. Flacco. But if if you are hearing this and this is it, Flacco lives as of now. And if you want a happy ending, never look into it again. Yeah, just leave it here. Just let this here. be it. You can live forever. Buddy comedy all the way. But I do encourage you to look up pictures of him because I think it's a great story, right? That it's he, he got the opportunity to be out of his cage. He learned to fly and hunt really fast. There's a lot of metaphors there. It's a lot of nice things, but he is very cute. He's just a very aesthetically pleasing owl. He has little horns. It's he's he's great. So go look at Flacco unless you want him to live forever. Then stop right here.
1: So my pop culture starts with some frustration. I was an early adopter of Fitbit. Like I've been a Fitbit yeah. user for a very, very long time. Um, and I've loved it. A premium subscriber so that I could play all the games, especially Fitbit Bingo as my favorite. I just noticed like it was getting worse. Like... Like a lot of the features were getting worse. Like you couldn't chat with people when they were part of your game anymore. And it was just kind of frustrating, but I could still do the things that mattered most. And then I got a random email from Fitbit that they were discontinuing adventures and games. Like all like literally the reason that I used it. And at first I was like, man, am I just using this really weird? Because why why would they do this? Um, But then, no, the Internet exploded with Fitbit users who were very angry about them taking away the feature that they use the device for. Yeah. But Fitbit was sold. I don't know exactly when it happened, but Google bought Fitbit. And so mm-hmm. the running theory that sounds kind of conspiratorial, but I mean, I can't come up with a better reason that you would remove the features that make your device worth using yeah. is that they want people to buy like google watches and google devices so they're just destroying it which i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's illegal to buy a company just to destroy it isn't there some sort of i feel I mean, like
0: maybe there was a rule about that and under a certain presidency it got all those rules went bye-bye i is, know. i'm just holding my breath to see like what other regulations are gone that i didn't know about we will find so out about that. in
1: the worst possible way right yeah yeah yeah
0: just when just when we remember why we had them We'll, we'll we'll find out
1: before we actually started recording i was telling catherine about how like i just feel very structureless these days because i spent so long during the pandemic like not making plans because everything kept getting canceled and everything was so unstable and it was really so like i've fallen into this sort of it's not like things aren't getting done but they're getting done in such a haphazard way and i am a person who really thrives on structure i have some neurodiversity that i think like structure really helps me like you know just orient myself in the world i've been feeling the loss of it lately and and this like i play fitbit bingo literally every single week like i start one on sunday night to start Monday morning, I invite all my friends to it. I had a group of people who played it with me regularly. And to hear that it was going away, like, just really, like, I I literally cried. Like, I just, I don't, I just, yeah. it just felt, like, really mean. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, man, I have so little structure, and this is the thing that I do with, like, I mean, it's, it's a ritual, right? Like, and to just hear that your ritual is being taken away for what was essentially no reason. And I, like, wrote into the, um, you know, helpline, and I'm like, look, it says that it's being pulled away because you're working on improvements like does that mean it's coming back in a different you know like? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, the answers were clearly you know just mm. complete bullshit so I was like okay this is so I canceled my premium membership and I started looking for some alt- so I still use my Fitbit to like track my steps but I'm not using the app to play the game anymore and I was like I want to play games like I, I liked that it was motivating
0: yeah
1: and um so I don't know what I was on Facebook and I think I just searched for like Fitbit alternative or Fitbit games or something. And this thing popped up. Somebody had shared a post that were like, hey, all you Fitbit users who are sad about this, you should join this group. And it's this group called Witness the Fitness or WTF. Witness the Fitness. Oh. And I was like, I don't know. This looks a little like like just I you know, fitness groups are real tough because I don't yeah. want a bunch of like weight loss talk. I don't want a bunch of like it's just I don't know. It's a very precarious. There's lots of
0: landmines in the fitness there's community. There's lots of yeah, a lot of hills to run off of and yeah.
1: Yeah, and I just I like I just want some encouragement to move that feels fun. Like I don't I don't want any shaming or negative like oh, right. I was so bad cuz I ate this Oreo. So now I've got to punish myself with these weights. Like you know, like I just I want a very like I appreciate my body. Sometimes I need a little motivation to help me move it. Like that, that's right. all right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'll I'll try it. I'll sign up, right? So I signed up for this group called Witness the Fitness. It's a little bit complicated if anybody's listening and thinking about doing it too. Like there's a bit of a learning curve because it's all like run through these Facebook groups, but they are so kind. They are so, so kind. And I just completed a leprechaun challenge like themed around the leprechaun movie so for a week yeah (laughs) so like really interesting it was so creative the woman who ran it is just so so creative so they put you on teams And then there are challenges throughout the week that are themed around the leprechaun coming after you. So it was like, you know, uh, the leprechaun's chasing you. And then like my favorite part was a relay. Again, I was sick with COVID while this was happening, but I couldn't let my relay team down. So I was like crawling out. I was like, no. So um, they had a list of things that you had to accomplish. And it was like, Ten active minutes, one mile, two thousand steps, seven flights of stairs—like all these different things—and then you had to coordinate with your team because you you could only do them one at a time, and you couldn't start the next one until oh, the person in front of you had finished. Like gorilla. And you couldn't do back-to-back. So, like, it could be you, another person, and then you again. But you couldn't just do all of them yourself. And the more that you racked up, like, the more points you got to help you, like, defeat the leprechaun. And there was a whole bunch more to it than that, right? Like, there was, like, um, one of the days, like, you had to set a trap for the leprechaun. And then, wow. like, the total number of it's steps really that cool. you got. It's really, really cool. And and I love how flexible it is. Because, like, the relay, you have to be paying attention, right? You have to be, like, it, it can't you can't be at work. And then just like be like, oh, I have 30 minutes and it's lunchtime. Let me go do something. You're like, you have to have it planned out, which I can't always do because I mean, you know, sometimes you have responsibilities and scheduled things, but there are also like end of day challenges where it's just like, this is the challenge for the day. Everybody make sure you sync and share your screenshots to show that you did it by the end of the day. It doesn't matter when you did it. And it's just, it's incredibly motivating and fun and uplifting. And I'm just, I'm really glad that I found it. And I just think that it's really cool that people are doing this, like, creative, collective fitness thing on these Facebook groups. And so that's my pop culture that's thing.
0: It's really heartening that in the face of, like, the thing being taken away, which I don't think that's an overreaction you had, that, like, I feel like there is so little structure left to, like, our lives these days that, like, and especially from pre-COVID structure. So if you had that and it goes away, that's very difficult. But in the face of that, of it being taken away from you, for what? For just, like, to Corporate greed. Yeah, just so there isn't competition. We're at that point, right, in, like, late-stage capitalism where they're not making a better product to compete. They're just destroying the product so there's nothing to compete with. Um, which happens. I see that a lot. Not a lot, but I'm seeing it. Like, it's, it's becoming a thing, right? It's really heartening that... I think we need I think I I won't say we any universal way I need reminding that people at a small scale can still make their lives better yeah and I know it might sound like Catherine's having a breakdown I'm okay but I don't think that sounds really sad like I need reminding that we can make our lives better on a small scale but sometimes there's huge problems in the world, and in the face of that, it is hard to remember that, like you as a person, can do these things, and you absolutely can. Also, I haven't been getting my steps in. I this sounds awesome. Should, it sounds you should so join. creative. It
1: is. It is really fun.
0: I'm going to join it. I'm going to try. Yeah. Cool. Should we move on to we research? Move on. Yeah. Let's move on to research. I have a lot I have a lot to say well I have a lot to say about this because Michelle and I spent um a lot of our Sunday texting each other about do I get to di- rant about this some more eh, eh, oh, it's kind okay. of a different thing I'm going to talk about it I already have
1: like, like four pages of an article <laughs> written
0: up about that so. I'll, I'll let you save it for that um what I was gonna what I'm gonna say is that um this is largely about the movie everything everywhere all at once and how it won everything. a bunch of Oscars. Everything, Everywhere. Everything. All at once. All at once. Um, I think I was expecting it to ri- win like original screenplay, right? That was a given. But then it got director and it got best picture. It, I was so it got best,
1: It got best editing and the editing team like oh sorry am i am i
0: stepping on your no 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 No, because i was worried i would forget this
1: the the editing team was not professionally they like trained themselves on youtube videos they were not professionally trained
0: the person the head editor who accepted the award his first paid job was the eric andre show (gasps) which i'm a big fan of yeah you have brought it Um, up on here before yeah yep and that was the first paid editing job he had was the eric andre show which is a great show and it's still going that's all part of it that it's these people who clearly like to work together and um work well together made this thing which i think is a great movie what i started this off being upset about was i recently read an article that said it's a movie for babies and it made me very mad and i ranted at michelle and she helped me figure out my feelings which she often does And thank you i
1: helped her figure out her feelings she means i ranted back in like for for over several hours I was like wait I have more thoughts and then I would go and do something I and and also so like I don't know I don't know how much processing I helped do but I did I did validate
0: thank you (laughs) and I think sometimes when I say I need to process I mean I need validation so (laughs) also um tying into our overarching several week-long theme of Kurt Vonnegut they Kurt Vonnegut's a big inspiration for the directors of this. I'm going to talk a lot about the directors of the movie, who are the Daniels. They at one point were slated to make a television series about based on *Cat's Cradle*, and that fell through. Ooh, well, and I
1: was just going to say I had not made this connection until you just brought that up. But I have been reading a lot of Kurt Vonnegut um, criticism and literature because of the the class I'm teaching, and. Kurt Vonnegut was not taken seriously. Like Kurt Vonnegut's work was was considered immature yeah. and yeah. not really literature. And I, I mean, so the same thing is happening. And I, I, they were wrong about that too. So
0: I think there's this idea of something is nice in any way, or if it's simple, because simple doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean it's dumb. In fact, simple is like the hardest thing to do. And nice is a very hard thing to do, which we also talk about. So things that are sometimes simple and nice or to the point of nice... People think that's not good when it's actually Well,
1: and also, I don't think that any – like, just because Vonnegut is able to say it simply does not mean it's a simple idea. And just because, like, you can wrap everything everywhere all at once up by saying kindness can save the world, which I think is how they put it sarcastically in that article, that is not – I mean, that's, like – that's not the message, right? Like, right. it is a much, much more complicated message than that. So, like, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can sarcastically drill anything down into this little takeaway. But when that takeaway can be packed with that much meaning, like, that's a
0: skill. Exactly. Exactly. You said it much. <laughs> Speaking of the skill, you said it much more simply than I was. And that's what I was trying to say. And you're very good at that. Um, And we're going to get to that, too. This is all going to tie up. So, just overarching here. If you haven't seen Everything Everywhere all at once, I can't help you go see it. Just stop what you're doing right now. Go watch it. It is an excellent film, and it deserves all the accolades it gets and more. It is directed by these two guys who call themselves the Daniels, because it's Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. And they are friends from way back. They went to film school together, and... I just love them. I love them so much. And I don't want to be, I'm, I'm trying very hard not to be like, ooh, I knew about this, But I've been a huge fan of theirs from like very early on. Swiss Army Man. Have you seen Swiss Army Man? I haven't. I want to. I love it. Swiss Army Man is the first um, feature film they made. And it stars Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. And Daniel Radcliffe plays a bloated human corpse. The whole film. And it's amazing. Um, It's a very good and moving film. Um, But they also directed music videos. And I'm going to go way into that. And so basically what my research is, is a visual history of the Daniels and how they got where they are via their music video, video oeuvre. And two, from doing this research into the Daniels. And I have created the concept. I didn't create it, but I, you know, it's like discovering, discovering electricity. Electricity is always there. This was always there. I've discovered the concept that I deem the triple I. Okay. that's All it. right. You- we're going to, I clearly also miss teaching because this will involve a PowerPoint. <laughs> i love that you brought a powerpoint to a podcast i made a powerpoint for our podcast they were just and it's i did it very slapdash and i'm kind of embarrassed and like when we didn't record on thursday i was like i should go back and make it better i'm like Catherine, you cannot do that you cannot you cannot just, spend hours i'm the only one who's gonna see it it's fine yes. um unless unless as i said earlier <clears throat> anyone sends us a grab bag and then i will send them the powerpoint that
1: is i haven't even seen the powerpoint yet but i'm telling you right now that's a that's a deal
0: you should take it you should send us a grab bag so they started off making music videos one of their first music not their first music video but one that really got them attention is um dj cobra snake and little john's turn down for what again if you haven't seen that music video pause right here go watch it. It's an amazing music video. The Daniels describe it. I love how they talk about everything they make. Um, they describe it, Daniel Scheiner, it's like, we just wanted to talk about masculinity. But our take on masculinity was a guy who was just so pumped about his own body and his genitals that he just smashes everything with them, which is what that music video is. <laughs> it stars Daniel Kwan. I did some research into that music video. Before that, Daniel Scheinert was making videos kind of on his on his own, but he always got Daniel Kwan to help him with little bits and bobs, but that was kind of his thing. Daniel went off to work at Pixar, but then the music video collaboration worked out really well, and he left that to just make videos and work with Daniel Scheinert. It's really fascinating how they made that music video. Basically, I found a really great interview with both of the Daniels, and I'll link to that because they do a better job talking about their work than I do. But the highlights are A, that they did a treatment for it where they made a PowerPoint for the music video because Lil John needed convincing. And I was able to track down a PDF of that treatment and it is gorgeous. And I will link that in the show notes. It's Please great do. to see how they are just in-depth explaining like, and then he smashes the roof with his dick and he falls on the woman who loves it. Anyway, so um, it's really great. and daniel kwan stars in it largely because daniel shiner was so desperate for the world to see him dancing he said the world needed to see his dancing in fact daniel kwan's like well we we couldn't find anyone we auditioned people and daniel shiner's like i didn't i told you i auditioned people but we didn't it was always <laughs> you i told them from the start it would be you they were excited so he tricked him into doing it i'd love their dynamic um the other thing I like about it is there's no nudity. They talk very specifically that it focuses a lot on people's bodies and their genitals, their secondary sex organs. Um, I don't want to give too much of the video away, but it there's never any nudity. And they're like, we made it, originally. It had a lot more people in their underwear, but we said, no, everyone is going to be totally clothed. That's a decision. And I'll come back to that. Their, their relationship with clothing. The other thing is, they how they made it which you'll see in the powerpoint i like this image because i'm trying to be like pg here but most of the image has daniel kwan's like his penis is bopping around and like breaking things and dancing and someone asked them how did you do that and daniel shannon's like oh it's easy um we cut a hole in his pants and i stood behind him with a broom handle and i just <laughs> moved it around between his legs and i'm like that's trust that's a relationship That's a collaboration when you trust your partner enough to wiggle a broom handle radically between your legs. (laughs) Because you're dancing and jumping around. Yep, yep. So (laughs) there's a lot of human puppetry within that, which we will talk about. I went down a long rabbit hole of watching all of their music videos for research, for research. And what I, I even found the very first video they ever made. It's not a good video. But the first thing any the first thing anyone makes of anything is not going to be that good. What is awesome about it and what really inspired me is there's a moment in that first music video. And again, it's Daniel Kwan's dancing around. It's him. He's clearly Daniel Scheinert's muse and he makes everything better. Um, He's dancing with all these clothes on. They are obsessed with clothing. And it's very detached from the rest of the music video. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And it looks exactly like some of the editing in everything, everywhere, all at once. And you can see they found some trick and they're like, that's good. This works. And they, they remembered it. And then I realized every music video I could find at least one moment that I recognized from everything, everywhere, all at once. And it was so cool to see them growing and growing and, and learning until they made like one of my favorite movies of all time that won all these Oscars. And it's not just about making great things. It's about noticing within the things you're making that aren't great. What is great? What's that little spark in it that you should hang on to and remember I'll link to their website. You can watch all the music videos. They have them all. They have the stupidest ideas. Their ideas are very stupid and they execute them perfectly. And I just, I love stupid humor. I love stupid things when like, It's being executed at the highest level. It's so great. It makes me really happy to see stupidity in the world being respected. So I I will show you my PowerPoint. It's PowerPoint time. I'm a little embarrassed for some reason. I don't know why. And you know, I don't know how much of this is gonna get edited out because I am gonna talk over it and it might be just mind-numbingly boring, but okay. So here we have my PowerPoint. this talk it's titled the Daniels. sorry
1: i'm laughing at the picture on the left yes
0: which no one can see no one can they see this, so go back the daniels a collaborative genius ship comprised of the triple i remember that's my other research thing i'm going to tell oh, you yeah, the yeah, triple, yeah, triple i uh, triple yes. i is and the worker translator so ooh, triple
1: i like i is in the singular pronoun i thought it yeah. was i like a
0: Oh, three, like C I, E, e y e. No, it's I, 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 okay. It stands for something we will see. So, so for, I just noticed a lot of like themes in their work and I, you know, I'm an art historian. I like to look just visually at things. So puppets and puppetry. So on the left here, we have the DJ snake and little John music video turned on for what now it's hard to see, but I learned that some of the effects, as we said, were done with a broom handle. But there is a very complex thing where a woman's breasts just move wildly. And the way they did that was that another actress in the music video stood behind her in a green hoodie and just moved them, just (laughs) physically bopped them up and down. But if you see a little green hoodie, so in the first image to the right of the woman and in the second image behind her, kind of in the middle, the hoodie's right there.
1: Yeah, but you can see the woman with the hoodie hands underneath the shirt.
0: Yes, yes. Yes. So they basically said, you know, we kind of liked that you could see it. It's hard to see unless you know to look for well, it. Yeah. The frozen frame, right? Yeah. And then in a much later music video of theirs from the group Foster the People called Houdini, it's so funny. It's a band filming a music video. And about two seconds in, this rig of lighting falls on the band and kills them but they still have to make the music video. So the rest of the music video is a very complicated way that they like weekend at Bernie's, the band members. (laughs) And so they have people come in like green screen suits and that's part of the video. And so I really like that. They're like, hey, that's funny. It's funny to have someone puppet another person. Let's just have that be the video. (laughs) And so then it was, and I think that's cool. Clothing, as I mentioned, they are obsessed with clothing. My favorite music video of that, it's Joy Wave Tongue. So Joy Wave Tongues, the concept of that music video is there are a bunch of, it starts with a bunch of people running naked through the woods and then like a happy group. They're like happy, they're dancing, we're naked, we're free, very hippie-esque. And then we see people hunting them with guns and you're like, oh no, I don't like where this is going. And they shoot them, but when they get shot, they're clothed. It shoots clothes onto them. And so a love story develops between one of the nudists and one of the clothing hunters, and people are putting clothes on people and ripping clothes off others, and you can't tell who's who, right? It's a very it's a fairly simple message, but like we said, it does a lot yeah. in that simplicity of then you can't tell who's who, where it started, like eventually, eventually... This- the snitches you know like the exactly it's a star <laughs> it's a starbelly belly snitches of clothing and nudity exactly and that message there's a million ways to tell it and it never gets old eventually within that this is very everything everywhere at once um somebody sacrifices themselves for another person and then just keeps getting shot with clothing until they become a clothing monster that's reaching is, out is that what i'm seeing people. in this
1: picture is that a clothing monster
0: yeah it's hard to take screenshots there's And this we talk about their editing their editing and their editors are so good that it's very hard to like capture any one thing and show it to you because it's always happening but anyway everything everywhere all at once was nominated for best costume design and i think it was well deserved to be nominated i'm glad black panther won i always saw it especially in the final fight scene when she's wearing all the different clothes i'm like that's so interesting And I don't think that was entirely just the costume designer because clearly piling on clothes, having clothes from different times to mean different things is very much always been in the Daniels oeuvre. So I talked about how they have very stupid ideas, and this will become important for my triple I concept. (laughs) They have a music video in which for the whole music video, and it's a fairly long music video, it's by the band Battles, a man trips and falls down an escalator. But because it's an escalator, he falls forever <laughs> he for the whole music video. No. He just keeps <laughs> falling. No, um, So clearly they thought that was very funny. And it is very funny to watch someone fall down the stairs repeatedly. Um, so my my concept here that I'm showing, Michelle, is people falling down the stairs is funny. An escalator is hilarious. And people falling down the stairs in a dramatic fight scene is brilliant. Because the minute I saw this image of the escalator in the mall, I said, sort I've of seen that, and there's a parallel for it and everything everywhere all at once, where when she's fighting like with kindness and hitting people with like the loving things, they are falling down the stairs as she goes. Yeah, and clearly, um, this concept of falling down the stairs is very funny to them because it is. It just is. Butts butts <laughs> are funny. And fighting with butts is hilarious. I'll just let Michelle take in the images and everyone can be jealous. (laughs) That's turned down for what? And everything everywhere all at once. People are fighting with their butts. It's hilarious. I will stop sharing. I could have, the point is I could have done that. I could have done 20 more slides where I found little things that went with everything everywhere all at once. It made me really excited. Clearly I miss visual analysis and teaching. So thanks for sitting through that with me. I loved but it. What is the triple I? What is the, the
1: triple I? So, I, 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 not EYE.
0: The more I learn about the Daniels, the more and how they work together, I'm really struck by it. And I came became a little obsessive with hearing more and reading more about their collaboration, how they work together. I found it moving it first started with daniel scheiner putting daniel kwan in everything clearly like his muse he loves the way he moves and then he said in an interview he when they worked together on music videos he's like i could keep making videos alone or i could have i could bring kwan in and it would be so much easier and faster and everyone would understand him better anyway and that really struck out to me daniel Kwan is clearly like the heart and brings and the smarts. He's the heart and the smarts. And everything everywhere all at once is very much his like personal story. He says, like, what if my mom was in the Matrix? And I think Daniel Scheinert is has the stupid ideas. He thinks falling down the stairs and butts are funny. But the turn down for what video, Daniel Scheinert says, Yeah, it's just like, what if he just smashed stuff with his dick? That's the video. And Daniel Kwan then starts talking. He's like, Yeah, I see it as, you know, my whole life, I was never enough. I was never white enough. I was never good enough because of that. And he goes on and on about like wrestling with his Asian identity, not being white. And he's like, but with this music video, I really came to terms with it. And it's a very like, it's not specifically Asian in any way, but it feels it. And I can be cool and I can dance and I am who I am. And he just tells this moving story about how turned down for what the music video helped him come to terms with his whole identity and feel comfortable in his own skin. And then Daniel Scheiner said, yeah, but his dick moves a lot. It's really cool. <laughs> and I love that. I love that so much. And then they had another interview. They were talking about music video ideas that failed. They were asked to make a music video treatment for Marine 5. And it kind of has some of that idea where the band dies. And they said <laughs> Daniel Scheiner is describing it. And he's like, yeah, it's Maroon 5. Where they get in a terrible accident and they're all smashed together into one lumpy being, and then it's Maroon One. And Daniel Kwan starts laughing. He's like, "That was a good idea. We should still use that." And then Daniel Shino got mad and he went, "No, it has to be Maroon One. That's the joke." Right. Right. It can't be idiots. E. Yeah. No, it's Maroon Five to Maroon One. That's the joke. So that stood out to me. um And then <laughs> I rewatched. Their Oscar speeches were very moving. Daniel Kwan in his said, you know, I never thought of myself as a screenwriter or a storyteller. I have to thank Daniel Scheinert. He is my confidence. He is the person who told me I was a storyteller and a filmmaker before I could even see it myself that I wouldn't be here without him. That phrase, he is my confidence. So we have Daniel Kwan saying, Daniel Scheinert's my confidence. He's the one who told me I was good at this. And then Daniel Scheinert saying, I'm more easily understood when Daniel Kwan's in the picture and everything's easier. It became apparent to me, as I've already said, the stupidest ideas, the penis breaking things, falling down an escalator, let's fight with our butts, I think are mostly like Shiner impulses. And then the heart and the brains, the translating these ideas into actual narratives, into actual things in the world that other people can enjoy, into actual finished products seems to very much be the work of Daniel Kwan. And I don't want to like break this down. Maybe I'm all wrong. It's kind of problematic to do this. But the reason I'm doing this and very likely overreading the relationship is that Shynard's overall energy and stupidity that I love, I think I was recognizing something. I'm not comparing myself to him, but something in myself, just the way he would get excited about dumb things and yell and be frenetic and just stupid. We're doing it. This yeah, is, we're this doing is the it. thing.
1: Yeah. This is what I want to do.
0: Let's do it. Um, and so that brings me to my concept of the triple I, which is the insane idea idiot. And I think any good collaboration needs this combo. They need the heart and the smarts or the translator and the insane idea idiot. And the insane idea idiot can't really get work done on their own. they don't know how to do stuff they don't know how computers work but they like to have ideas and they live for other people like living out that vision or helping them to make it better or translating them right because these things are hard and so um yeah I realized I was so moved by this because I am an insane idea idiot (laughs) there's not much practical in this world I can do myself but I like to have ideas and you're so good at it i've been working a lot my my husband and i just finished a book and it's it's gonna be published we have the contract sign that came from me watching youtube videos when i was depressed in the tub and just telling him about it and he said no that's a book and i'm like no these are just dumb ideas These are just youtube video the ideas and, and, and yeah. so i just i talk to him i talk his gd ear off and then he goes and he writes the most brilliant thing i've ever seen he's like, but these are your ideas. I'm like, no, they're not. You did all this work. You did all the work. And then he's like, no, you did all the work. And so we keep collaborating in these ways where it feels very easy to both of us. And it's like, we both did all the work. So neither of us did. We talked about that exact same thing when it was like
1: early in the podcast, when it was
0: like, I "I don't feel
1: like I'm doing enough. And you were like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And like, we're like, oh, but it just keeps getting done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. done, Michelle. I started, once I had this breakthrough, I started <laughs> sobbing. I was oh. crying in the bathroom and my husband's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I am so lucky. I, I could not really make my way in the world. I don't think, but I am surrounded by brilliant, hardworking people who put up with me. And <laughs> Michelle, you are like, you are hard and smart. But I think what's really cool about you is you were also in your own way, an insane idea, idiot. <laughs> because
1: well i am a gemini so yeah
0: i think you're both i think <laughs> you are one of the rare people that maybe have both daniel's inside of them and you can just do things on your own and that's why it's even more special to me that you like do projects with me and you like collaborate with me and yeah it does we both talked about like i don't think i'm doing enough work i don't think i am and i'm just so obsessed with collaboration when it works when it doesn't and i liked dissecting this collab um I like being an insane idea idiot. And I think I'm really, really lucky to have people in the world who understand me. And well, so thank and, you. Michelle. And those thank people you. are
1: really lucky to have you because the people who, because I, I think as you were describing this, as you were describing that dynamic, again, is probably oversimplified for the, but yes yes i was like oh i'm definitely the the quan and that <laughs> like as you were describing yeah. it's like oh yeah no, that's me like that's the <laughs> all right let's dial this back a minute and figure out what it means and how we're gonna bring yep. it
0: yeah yeah like it like, that, has to be maroon what <laughs> more butt puppets <laughs> but
1: i mean i think that there is an what, he was the one that was working for Pixar. Is that right? And came back? Quan, yeah. And, yeah, because I mean, I think that the risk then is if you don't have your insane I- idea, idiot, um, that y- you're just going to end up in, and not to say that Pixar is a soulless, like I'm sure Pixar is a great place to work. But like, I think you are not going to get to experience the kind of creativity and expression that you the could. Freedom, yeah. yeah, the freak, because you're going to feel like you have to hook that desire to make order to something and it's a lot easier to put it where there's already a structure existing if you don't have some if you don't have that like hype that's like no yeah. we can do the, as he said the confidence right like the, yeah. like no we're gonna do it like why? why would you do anything
0: yeah insane idea idiots have a lot of confidence because they know they are not putting their money where their mouth is entirely <laughs> they know they have good people to make it work um yeah I love I love this
1: theory I Yay! think well so you know you just said that you're like I read a lot of self-help and productivity books I think I think you've got one here I think we can yeah. co write.
0: let's do it elaborate I mean let's do it let's do it insane idea <laughs> idiot says let's do it <laughs> and then Michelle will have an outline done in five minutes <laughs>
1: all right here's the chapters which ones you want
0: <laughs> exactly it just it feels so easy and i love it i'm so lucky so thank you thank you michelle thank you, to thank, my you. Husband. Yeah, thank you yeah no i love it i love this i love this let just scream it though <laughs> about my ideas so yeah the triple i and and the and go watch all of their music videos especially
1: that one was people. called tongues so cool. I have it's never called heard of that by so. joy
0: wave. okay one word that went on very very long apologies but thank you thank I'm just gonna say thank you for listening to that and letting me
1: let me do a PowerPoint I learned a lot and I'm gonna use the triple I as a way to frame who I try to collaborate with because I, I feel like there's you, you've captured something in that yeah all right. Well, my research thing is going to start by how long has it been since one of us made the other one take a quiz on the air?
0: Woo! I love those. This is really not a podcast podcast. It's <laughs> right. it's really... yeah. This is one. I feel like there are episodes that are for us, and then there are episodes for everyone else. Every time I there is editing, never a
1: whole episode for everyone
0: else. No. <laughs> Every time I'm editing, if I'm like, oh, I don't think the episode is like, I don't think it's a really good one this week. And then it's everyone's favorite. And the one I love. They're like, what were (laughs) you all doing? (laughs) So, yeah, it's a very different. Okay, let's take a quiz.
1: All right. I'm not going to give you any context. You were just going to answer these questions. Can you see it?
0: Oh, going in blind to a quiz is a very scary thing. Okay, I can see it.
1: Question one of seven, have you ever displayed an angry outburst at work, such as shouting, banging your desk, or slamming doors? Yes, when I'm frustrated with myself or others, it often shows. Never, I'm composed and extremely professional at all times. No, it's important to me that people feel I'm easy to connect with, so I try my best to avoid behaviors that may be off-putting to others. No, I want to express a lot, but I'm waiting for the right time and figuring out the right way to express it. No, I don't struggle with managing anger, but I can struggle with impulse control. I'll share a series of new ideas in a meeting, for example, without thinking them through.
0: (laughs) Guess which one? Same idea, Idea, just gonna chew. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't get angry, but I do have an impulse control problem. Um, a former boss, not boss, um, a former overseer of mine, a chair of a department will say, called me a goat. She was like, You're she would call me just the goat because it means not greatest of all time. No, definitely not greatest of all time, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, because at meetings, when I got excited, I you, couldn't contain myself. I go, right? oh. <laughs> so,
1: that's just excitement. Yeah. I know. It's just encouraging. Oh. oh, some people
0: can't handle a triple I, man. It, takes, yeah, it no. takes a strong heart and smart. Okay.
1: Question two, which of the below is most likely to bother you? Observing that the people around you aren't performing at the highest standard possible. Going on a vacation with no itinerary. When you know someone doesn't like you. You've decided you want to paint your living room, you've given a color wheel of 50 paint options and you need to pick a color in the next 10 minutes, being told you can only focus on one goal for the next six months.
0: Being told I can only focus on one goal for the next six months.
1: Which statement best describes you? I impose extremely high standards on those around me. I can be punitive with others when they don't meet my standards. I'm reliable, highly organized, and I love planning. I sometimes get the sense that other people experience me as uptight. I get frustrated that other people's opinions and feelings toward me matter to me. I often feel needy when I want the deepest connections possible. I get frustrated with my indecisiveness. I wish I could allow myself to be a little more impulsive about taking clear action towards my goals. I love the rush of momentum at the start of a new project. I feel unstoppable in the beginning, but I struggle to stay focused when I get distracted by other passions.
0: Hmm. I do finish projects I, get, I have a lot of projects going at once but i finish. oh them. you you
1: you produce at a high yeah. high rate with high quality
0: and i'm abs this is an elimination process i'm absolutely not I, I i do think i'm reliable i'm not organized um so i guess i'm gonna keep with the insane idea theme and say i impose high standards on those around me and i can be punitive question
1: four if someone were given We're giving you praise, they'd be most likely to say, you're great at being direct and keeping razor sharp focus on the goal at hand. You're great at doing exactly what you say you will do, exactly when you say you will do it and the exact way you're expected to do it. You're great at engendering meaningful connections with others. You're great at preparing, asking smart questions and considering alternative scenarios. You're great at imagining possibilities, getting inspired and generating ideas.
0: I feel like this is just produced to prove my point. So I'm going to go with the last one, I hope. <laughs> I, to remind you all, we do not talk ahead of time. <laughs> this was not planned out. Which statement
1: best describes you? I get frustrated by others' inefficiency and lack of focus. I don't care if other people like me. I want to get the job done. I consider it somewhat offensive when people make adjustments to the structure and timeline of anything, a meeting, a dinner, a vacation, etc. cetera. We should be able to make one plan and stick to it. I spend more energy than I want wondering what people think of me. I know I have a lot more to offer than I'm currently offering in my relationships, at work, in my community, etc. but I can't unleash my full potential until I take care of a few things first. I'm always resisting the urge to do things like purchase domain names for businesses I want to start. I have more ideas than I could ever know what to do with.
0: I feel like that one's phrased really negatively when like having ideas is fine. So but... obviously it's that one. <laughs> That's the fun of it is being curious and always having a project you want to go to. I'm going with the ideas. Question
1: six of seven, for those of you who are wondering how long you're going to have to listen to me quiz, Catherine. Um, I've received feedback along the lines of being mean, intense, or intimidating, not being spontaneous enough, being too rigid, being too much of a people pleaser, not taking enough risks, being too indecisive, being disorganized, scatterbrained, or poor at following through on commitments. Mm, This one's tough. This one,
0: I do absolutely follow through on. Yeah, commitments. you one
1: hundred percent follow through on commitments. That's, That's a not big, you. Yeah,
0: big thing for me. Um, because I think I do think I come off as like disorganized and scatterbrained, but I do what I say I will. Mm-hmm. Um, the feedback I, the only one of these feedbacks I've actually gotten, so I think I have to go with, which was from the person that called me a goat, was that I am mean, intense, or intimidating.
1: I have been called intimidating more times in my life than i can count and like sometimes people like people will like i'll be telling people about how someone has called me intimidating and it's hurt my feelings They're like well you are intimidating i'm like whoa what like i just i don't understand it i i try so hard to like you are
0: the like kindest openest person you're so I it's very hard for me we've talked about this I don't understand it I I think it's just you're good at stuff that's intimidating I'm just
1: like I try really hard to not judge people and to like allow make allowances for everybody's foibles and I just am like I am try. I don't I'm not trying to be intimidating, but
0: yes, so I
1: understand. I think it's that you're very good
0: at what, you're very good at what you do when you, everything you do and people. What I'm really
1: good at is avoiding things I'm not good at. What I'm really good at is, yes, no, I've spent a lot of, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, including during therapy sessions. I'm like, people think I'm really good at everything, but what I am really good at is discerning where my skills lie and avoiding the things that are outside of
0: them. That seems very owl-esque in some way to me. (laughs) i'm good at what i'm good at that doesn't make me this. oh
1: would they would the zoo call me an idiot you know be like oh she's not very great
0: she's very good at everything she knows she's good at so she's not very good Something yeah, that, the zoo yeah. Would just yeah screw I'm, you a,
1: question seven of seven it's most meaningful to me when someone follows through on what they said they were going to do when they said they were going to do it into the level of quality i expect That I'm able to offer myself and others stability through routine, structure, and predictability. When another person works to understand who I am as a person and why what matters to me matters to me. That I enter into new opportunities, relationships, jobs, everyday decisions, as prepared and sure of my decisions as possible. I don't want to commit unless I'm highly confident it's the right choice. That I lead a passionate life where I entertain as many opportunities as possible to create new projects, develop new skills, travel, grow, and continue exploring.
0: This is a very hard one. Because you read that first one. I was like, that, absolutely that. My knee response is that. And then it's either the first or last one. Um, Because it's like, which, I don't know if I should go positive or negative route here. It is my biggest, biggest, not even a pet peeve, but like really upsets me when people don't do what they say they were going to do. Because the way, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, thanks translator, because you're exactly right. It's it's more meaningful to me when someone does not follow through, not what they do, which is which is a negative. So I'll go with the last one. A passionate life, do lots of things, cool, cool, cool. Ah,
1: this is very interesting. So yes, you, oh my
0: gosh, that I resonate with this.
1: <laughs> you are twenty nine percent intense perfectionist, seventy one percent messy perfectionist, and zero of anything else. <laughs>
0: just that i am messy and i am intense and that's what an insane idiot idea idiot should be
1: (laughs) this is a quiz on npr um about psychotherapist Catherine morgan Schlaff- schaffler's work ah. um into different kinds of perfectionism um and i will share it so you can take it for yourself there are descriptions down here of each of the perfectionist types so i will tell you about yours and i will also tell you about mine yeah i want to know what you are i am a procrastinator perfectionist um Ooh. i i was a, a split pretty even split between procrastinator perfectionist and classic perfectionist so uh between the
0: two of us. I feel like we, this goes so well with my research. We
1: have hit four out of five of the types of perfectionism. So, yeah. so intense perfectionism is effortless. You are effortlessly direct and maintain a razor sharp and sometimes pushing focus when it comes to achieving your goals. Uh, they compare it to Steve Jobs or Gordon Ramsey. Great at generating outcomes. Um, if you scored high in this type, you should interrogate why you're striving for your goals. If you're seeking generic markers of su- generic markers of success, you might want to redirect your energies toward more specific goals aligned with your own personal values. But that's not a problem for you because you were only twenty one percent this. You were mostly the messy one.
0: so mostly I don't see.
1: I think you get the benefits without the downsides of this one, yes, right,
0: And I would say being laser focused, much like Daniel Steiner with like it has to be maroon one. you just you gotta know you gotta Yeah, know what, that, that you was want. the joke.
1: yeah. The classic perfectionists are, um, this, is, this part is not me. May keep an immaculately tidy desk or car that they're proud. No. Um, but like people who just want order. And that sometimes there's yeah. some rigidity to that, right? Like that you you want things to go the way that you're expecting them to go, and when something deviates from that, it can be hard for you to handle it. And so I definitely I was that one was less mine. That was like my secondary one. My uh, my primary one was the um, procrastinator perfection. Yeah, I
0: would say like it. Uh, I think the Fitbit discussion is a perfect example of that. It upsets you, but it you you find a way, you recover, you make alternatives. Quite, I what looks to me as easily um not neither one of us
1: scored at all on parisian perfectionist which is the people pleasers as since we are recording a <laughs> podcast for you that was all full of visuals and quizzes you-
0: <laughs> yep I, I have
1: noticed the people pleasing is
0: not really what's driving
1: us.
0: sorry we don't care about anybody else <laughs>
1: Um, I am primarily the procrastinator, perfectionist, always waiting for the right time. Mm. Procrastinator, perfectionist, wait for the conditions to be perfect before they start working on a project, um, which often does not happen. This is this is. 100% I identified with this in a way that made me like kind of squirmy and uncomfortable. Like I'm constantly like, this is my plan, but this is not the right time for my plan. And like, I'm waiting for everything to line up just right. And like, I know it's not going to. So I have to work really hard to just be like, I got to just do something with it, which I think go to your theory is why i need a triple i because like i need somebody to be like we're doing it now because if, if i had gotten the idea for like the foley project that we did i'd be like i can't do this till i've learned 97 different styles of foley we'll art and
2: read
0: as we go <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> read the book as
1: part of it <laughs> so you are primarily and overwhelmingly a messy
0: professional <laughs> overwhelmingly Kind of a judgy choice of word, Mrs. Classic. No, no, I'm procrastination. Just say, in 70, yes. 79. It's, it's <laughs> a heavy percentage. Yeah, heavy majority percentage. I mean, jersey. that's
1: almost a B. Some
0: <laughs> would call that a landslide if it was an election situation. Right, right. Yeah, okay, fine, fine.
1: Um, messy perfectionists are in love with beginnings, they're naturally (laughs) enthusiastic and push through the anxiety of starting a new project with ease, which is literally what we were just saying about the project that we did together, right? Um, They can struggle with follow-through, but I don't think that you have this. And I don't think that you have this because of the intensity. I think that you have... (gasps) What a good combo! (laughs) You have the perfect blend of perfectionisms. Which brings me to the actual kind of researchy part of my research, which was not just reading a you know, pop quiz on NPR, because I wouldn't do that to you all. I'm a real researcher. So I read an article. Exactly.
0: I didn't just watch music videos. I made a PowerPoint.
1: Right. <laughs> I read an article from that was published in 2020 in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health um, called Multidimensional Models of Perfectionism and Procrastination, Seeking Determinants of Both. This is a, a creative commons shared article so I will link it you can read it in its entirety it's long I am going to just I'm not going to do it justice from the perspective of the discipline it's not my discipline I am reading this as a layperson with an interest in productivity and um, so but the reason that it is so interesting to me is because they start by talking about perfectionism in the way that we understand perfectionism and then talking about procrastination and the way that we understand procrastination and so they say here in their introduction that um, perfection is characterized by setting exceptionally high standards of performance and unrealistic goals accompanied by overly critical self-evaluations and concerns over making mistakes there's been all these different ways to like categorize perfectionism and um just like the quiz we just did that's one of the attempts to kind of categorize it into different yeah. ways but they said that there may be a form of procrastin or of, of perfectionism. It has been widely accepted about perfectionism, that there are adaptive perfectionisms and maladaptive perfectionisms Ooh. that some versions of perfectionism lead to better outcomes. Whereas some versions of perfectionism lead to worse outcomes uh, in particular obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's been linked to anorexia and bul- bulimia. So like, If you have the maladaptive kind, it can cause, you know, all kinds of mental health issues and physical issues. Um, But if you have the adaptive kind, it can actually help you achieve better. So this research that they were doing was trying to find a multidimensional model that combined perfectionism and procrastination to say that procrastination also had some adaptive qualities and not just maladaptive ones so
0: um they Ooh, that's really interest. that's really interesting
1: so they say here that um procrastination is most commonly viewed as the purposeful delay of a task and is seemingly inevitable for college students. 95% of college students have engaged in procrastination. Approximately 20% of adults claim to experience procrastination chronically. Um, there's all these different theories of like what the source of procrastination is. And that ultimately a lot of the theories say that like the source of procrastination is different for different people, which kind of goes with like the quiz we just looked at. Yeah. Um, But the concept of procrastination currently exists in a unidimensional model labeled as only existing in a maladaptive form which i personally disagree with obviously this is not my field so i'm sure they love that right like yes right. yes little They're english wrong. phd on the podcast tell us how our whole field is wrong um <laughs> but but sure i will um <laughs> so they this this article was trying to show that there were adaptive procrastination qualities um and they came up with all these different hypotheses um and most of them they were able to find correlations with the uh perfectionism that had adaptive so they like which was already something that the studies had shown previously but they they were able to repeat a lot of that but they were not able to show a correlation with adaptive behaviors and procrastination, except for the in one of their hypotheses, there was some promising, like, future research going into it. But they weren't able – the hypotheses they went into it with, they were not able to prove. Mm. Um, but I did think that Hypothesis 4 was particularly interesting because those of you who have listened to my research segment in the past might remember when I made Catherine take the Zimbardo Time Perspective instrument. And so one of their um, hypotheses was that maladaptive procrastination would correlate with people who had past negative, present hedonistic, and present fatalistic perspectives on the ZTPI, and that adaptive procrastination would correlate with past positive and future orientation perspectives. So um, that was one... The two perspectives considered the least adaptive in regard to predicting psychological adjustment were the past negative and present fatalistic perspectives. The future-oriented and past positive perspectives were determined to be the most adaptive perspectives, and the present hedonistic perspective was ambiguous in its ability to predict either adaptive or maladaptive psychological adjustment. With all five perspectives of the ZTPI considered, we hope to establish the relationship between each perspective and the multidimensional models of both perfectionism and procrastination. So that was kind of what they were going for there. um. So I am in all of this just really interested in the idea that procrastination is always maladaptive because, as I've also talked about on this very podcast, I've been reading Oliver Berkman's um, time management for mortals, which I finished once and I'm going back through because now I'm going to teach a class. A class I'm super excited about that it ha- uses it as one of the texts. And he has a whole section called "becoming better at procrastination." And Ooh. I just
0: want—I
1: just want to read a couple. That was of a
0: goat things. noise. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love your goat noises. They make Thank me you. feel supported and like I should keep going. You should.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So here, Berkman writes, procrastination of some kind is inevitable. Indeed, at any given moment, you'll be procrastinating on almost everything. And by the end of your life, you'll have gotten around to doing virtually none of the things you theoretically could have done. So the point isn't to eradicate procrastination, but to choose more wisely what you're going to procrastinate on. A little later in the same chapter, he says, If skillful time management is best understood as a matter of learning to procrastinate well by facing the truth about your finitude and making your choices accordingly, then the other kind of procrastination... The bad kind, which prevents us from making progress on the work that matters to us, is usually the result of trying to avoid that truth. The bad procrastinator finds himself paralyzed precisely because he can't bear the thought of confronting his limitations. The good procrastinator accepts the fact that she can't get everything done, then decides as wisely as possible what tasks to focus on and what to neglect.
0: I mean, you could replace the word procrastinator with perfectionist there, right? Right. Because perfectionism is very i paralyzing you mentioned kind of offhandedly uh, and that people find you intimidating that you're good at knowing what you're not good at and avoiding it that feels like this adaptive that seems like adaptive procrastination yeah. right yeah uh, i that's can't do everything i'm that's... gonna do the
1: things that i enjoy and i'm good at
0: <laughs> like... you need to call them up and be like study me because <laughs> i can prove out this hypothesis yeah. of adaptive procrastination i volunteer right <laughs> yeah you and you and Flacco can do Flacco waiting 13 years
1: Wait taking his moment. time
0: procrastinating I know to how be to do the rats you all think I can't you and Flacco are procrastinating perfectionists I'm gonna say
1: and I just like I I have really this book really moved me the Oliver Berkman book because I think that the I mean some of it's just you know I'm, I'm approaching 40 and that's the classic time to be like oh gosh life is speeding up but I just I feel like yeah I can't do everything so why shouldn't I be doing the things that matter to me and that I enjoy and that make me feel fulfilled in some way and what I mean that is a form of procrastination right to look at the other things and go no no thank you I don't have time for you you have to get moved to the back burner that's why there are clothes all over my floor right now don't look
0: I don't think I could. I don't think that's how Zoom works, but okay.
1: (laughs) That's why the camera points at a wall. (laughs) Yep. Like, I'm just so filled with joy about how well your
0: results matched up with your time. Like, I just love it so much. (laughs) I was like, this is very easy. Wait, like. I just said all these things. It's okay. Are we ready for wrap up? We are ready for wrap up. I feel like some of this, some of this goes together so well, and then some of it's just going to poke out. Like, Let's what? recap. Yeah. Okay, so my weird thing was um, the TikTok, the TikTok video trend of I'm Shelly Duvall. I'll just leave it there. There's Shelly Duvall TikTok videos. Mine was combat juggling. My pop culture thing was Flacco the Owl.
1: Mine was Witness the Fitness, the Facebook group where you get to play challenges with your pedometers, active trackers.
0: And my research thing was, as I said, succinctly, I did like type up it, but I'm not going to go find it. My research thing was a deep dive and PowerPoint into the history of the Daniels via music video and my concept of the III, which is the insane idea, idiot.
1: And mine was about the attempts to connect procrastination and perfectionism and find an adaptive version of procrastination.
0: Okay, so definitely something about collaboration or things going together well, or um, I feel like there's a metaphor within the combat juggling. I feel like I feel like combat juggling might be the, the key to all of this. It will unlock
1: it. I think that's just because you want to go watch combat
0: juggling. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably because that's been distracting me for the past, yeah, 2 hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. Um I do just want to say it's always a treat that I'm like this is going to be our short one. This one will be short and then I edit the whole thing and it's always about an that's hour so- 40. Yeah. No matter what I do, an hour forty. That's... This one will be longer. <laughs> I watch it, just be an hour forty. It's like okay. a TARDIS. Okay. Um, combat juggling was it? Mm-mm. So, <laughs> no, I
1: lost that thread. <laughs> What's combat the opposite of goat sounds? When if the goat sound is, oh, oh I'm so excited gosh. about that idea, and we're just like, maybe I... no. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's like a like a weasel uh. Um, (laughs) the goat of excitement the weasel of never mind the weasel Um, of oh no not that oh no 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 oh no 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 you cannot do that so what accent does
1: our weasel have oh my gosh all right
0: so Um. there is something about pairings um Shelley Duvall and like social media trends go together unexpectedly well combat and juggling go together unexpectedly well but i don't think the unexpectedness of it i don't like the follow-through there for the for the perfectionist stuff and the collaboration stuff
1: can the but maybe the unexpectedness could be reframed as something like not not just like unexpected like it's surprising but unexpected in like you had a different set of expectations and that's not what happened
0: yeah not unexpected in that way or maybe like pleasant
1: surprise, like I don't know, like when Fitbit was going away, I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." But then I found this really cool thing. where, like I feel like the you expect procrastination to be terrible, and I'm like, "Ah, I actually think it's helping me manage what would otherwise be an existential crisis." You know, like really? um, I like that that the well, and then there's also just something about like. Doing something unexpected, right? Like to leave your job at Pixar to go make let's attack people with our butts videos is not the expected path for a successful
0: media. Like, yeah, Uh, yeah, anyone who's working in media and yet that got them on that Oscar stage in Canada, and it got them
1: there because of the vision of the triple I, right?
0: And I think, I mean, you know,
1: combat juggling comes from the vision of a triple I, right?
0: Yeah. And but then uh, like having a sanctioned sport is so much work. Having like a league like that, there's so much work there.
1: But that's not how it started. You you know this started with some people just like beating each other over that.
0: People were just trying to learn to juggle together and got angry. And the
1: and the Shelley Duvall thing is about how if you lean into that kind of just absurdist energy that things get renewed, right? They get a new life. They yeah. get the, the transcendence between generations is So cl-
0: is, is there something about like absurdity is generative, but it takes a lot of hard work. But Flacco does not fit there let's think about Flacco for a moment everyone focus your attention think of the owl
1: i mean i think that maybe Flacco needs
0: a triple eyed <sighs> no, no, no 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 but what did we say what did we say we hope he wow before either of us knew where either of us was going we said we hope Flacco teams it, up it's with a buddy someone comedy expected yeah buddy comedy. yes yes
1: we had no idea we had no idea where we were headed
0: Maybe buddy comedy could be on the fortune cookie as like a shortcut. It doesn't just say buddy comedy, but maybe that unlocks stuff. Like
1: find your buddy comedy to something, something.
0: Find your buddy to comedy with. Nope. Nope. I don't like that. Um, Find your buddy to comedy with. That's terrible, <laughs> Catherine. I don't care if it is 11 o'clock at night. That's no good. No, I think buddy comedy is a bad idea. The insane idea to is running. I'm going to. I'm gonna never mind weasel. Out <laughs> never of that. mind weasel. All right. Okay. Um
1: but collaborate is this like gets to the heart. So like I feel like we already had something that was like collaborate or die. Well, no, we had adapt. We had
0: adapt. Oh, adapt, yeah. I do think in our 40 episodes previous to this one, we probably have had said something about collaboration. But collaboration is very important. It is. This whole and project so- is
1: a reflection of collaboration and I I mean so obvious I mean clearly a theme here is collaboration right like the only one that didn't directly fit was Flacco and and we we made it it into collaboration without even knowing that's where yeah so so okay so it's something about collaboration what do we want to tell the world about collaboration what do we want when they open up their fortune cookie what captures this particular thing
0: Man, I wish we had Kurt Vonnegut here right. with us now. He would do something. In great. many
1: ways, I wish we had Kurt Vonnegut here with us. Oh,
0: right. Um, I mean,
1: it's kind of like this is not it because it's not it's not smart enough, but it's not like fun enough. But like, collaborate unexpectedly is sort of the, the no, thing. No, but right? see,
0: when we started this episode, and I said, "Oh, we have a fortune cookie," and you're like, no, you can take with you and think about," it. and I was like. But they've been very over the top conceptual <laughs> lately. I would love it. In my mind, I thought I would love it if we could just get back to a simple fortune cookie. And that's it. That's perfect. Well and we did we, unexpectedly. We
1: talked about how angry we were that people called Flacco stupid for only having the skills that he had. And we talked about how um people were calling everything everywhere all at once childish for being too simple in its message, and that they did they dismissed Vonnegut for being too simple. So maybe, yeah, collaborate yeah, unexpectedly
0: collaborate unexpectedly I- done also I just want to end this quickly done that's all I said <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I just want <laughs> bye it has been ended quickly no, no outro Um, like we have an official outro ever and it's not just me shrieking goodbye and us laughing together Um, I just want to say that we're here at respective eight, like late 30s Talking about collaborating and how much we love it. And there was a point in our lives where we had a teacher who forbid us from ever working together. We worked we for too much. <laughs> we,
1: we fought over every single thing. So this is something you can grow into.
0: <laughs> you can absolutely grow into it. Um yeah, it doesn't always I think we just got it. All,
1: yeah. We were, we were just we were
0: both very
1: intense. Um we were very intense kids and I feel like I don't think we became any less intense as adults I think we just realized that that intensity
0: could diffuse without losing anything right yeah collaborate unexpectedly unexpectedly. technically then our collaboration is unexpected yeah yeah because if you
1: had seen us putting together that history day presentation you'd have been like my god get these children away from each other forever
0: yep With the triple I idea, I was even telling my husband about that. But I think, I remember I was like, the title has to be alliterative. It has to be. And then when people ask those questions, like I couldn't even talk. And you did all the talking (laughs) at at History Day. And you carried us through. And you painted that train with Mr. Piney. And I, (laughs) oof, I just was like, here's a cool title. Choo-choo. It it was a good title. It was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Collaborated unexpectedly. Yeah. Bye. Bye.